Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our YouTube page, 94WIP. It's a Saturday. You know what that means. NFL picks for week number 10. What an ugly start to the week in terms of that game Thursday Night Football. Just a quick aside, uh, I don't think I've bet on or against this team much this year. I did take them Thursday night, plus the three and a half to cover, and and got it. But boy, oh boy, the Carolina Panthers are a choke of a team. And Bryce Young, I cannot believe teams went through the process of the entire NFL draft process, you know, a combine, all that stuff, and picked Bryce Young at number one. Like that was that became a consensus. He's not in the same league as C.J. Stroud. Not the same league. So, boy, that was a, a rough watch Thursday. And hopefully we get some good games here. It's Eagles bye week, so it's a different kind of watch. I'll have the Sunday ticket fired up. And I'll be watching these games on Sunday. Five games. Let's try to hit some uh, home runs here and get some winners for you. Week number 10. All right, game number one. I bet on this team way too much. They usually let me down. They did last week. I'm going back to the well. It's not the Steelers, though. It's the Pitt, uh, excuse me, the New England Patriots in uh, where are they playing? Is it Germany? Who knows? They're playing somewhere in Europe. Patriots and the Colts on Sunday uh, coming up. We have this game in now. I need to know. Yeah, it's in Germany. That's what I thought. It's just like the um, game last week between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. I hit that one. I was on the Chiefs last week. I'm on the Patriots plus the one and a half this week against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this comes down to a couple of things for me. Number one, I just don't think. I have this new thing, and it's really been a thing for a while, but I'm making it a thing more and more each week. I can't take a quarterback that isn't worthy of being a favorite as a favorite. It's just like there's something I look at. I'm like, what? Why is Gardner Minshew a neutral side favorite against anybody? He's Gardner Minshew. He's a backup-level quarterback. I'm not taking him as a favorite. I'll take the points with Mac Jones. He's probably a backup-level quarterback too, but I'm getting the better coach. I'm getting a neutral side game. I'm getting a different environment and one Bill Belichick's had a lot of experience in different environments in terms of playoff games, in terms of overseas games, in terms of Super Bowls, all that for 40-something years. Meanwhile, Shane Syke is doing this for the first time. I think that plays into it. Minshew has not been good in prime time, at night, international, non-Sunday, one and four straight up. He's lost four straight in that spot. I do think the Patriots are close, probably closer than... The record says they are just in terms of winning some games. You know, they're in the mix right now with some other really bad teams like the Bears and Carolina and the Giants and Arizona be the top pick. But you look at some of their games so far this year. You know, they lost to Washington last week, 20 to 17, bad at the end. They lost to Las Vegas 21-17. They lost to Miami 24-17. They lost to the Eagles 25-20. And the Eagles team that's 8-1. And, and that was, you know, if the receiver catches the ball inbounds, gets his foot in, at the end they might win. So they're 2-7. and seven, But I look at them and I say 2-7 and seven could easily be 5-4-5 and you know four and five right now. Like, they're not good. We know that. But they're also not a wretched team. And actually, when you look at the schedule here for New England down the stretch, they're going to win too much to keep themselves in the mix to get one of these top quarterbacks. Indianapolis, I think they're going to win this game. They'll play the Giants after a bye. They'll probably beat them. They'll play the Chargers at home. They can certainly beat them. They play at Pittsburgh on a short week. That's probably a toss-up game. They get play Denver. They play New England. They play the, the Jets. I mean, they're probably going to win some games here down the stretch. I'll take them this week. Give me the Patriots plus the one and a half in Germany against the Indianapolis Colts. Game number two, I love 
Love this spot. Love this game. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers minus the three. I think we're getting a big, big, big discount on the Niners in this spot. Only given three to a Jaguars team that I like but don't love. I think their offense is it's certainly trended better the last few weeks, but it's not great. They've been carried by their defense. And I look at the Niners, and I think there's been an overreaction here. They've had some bad weeks. The Purdy concussion probably played more into the last game and a half than it than we want to give it credit for. You know, he, he had a tough day against a great Browns defense, and then the Vikings thing was that a concussion at the end? Probably. Should he have played against the Bengals? Probably not. They caught Burrow at the worst time. There's still a lot of reasons to believe the Niners are an excellent football team, and I think an excellent football team bounces back here. Rest does help losing as well. Teams on extended rest in the last 20 years, so eight-plus days, Niners have the, you know, had the bye last week, or 132-103-4 against the spread on losing streaks of three-plus games. So you would think a team that loses three straight, probably not that good, right? I they imagine most of the teams that have lost three straight have ended up not being very good football teams. We know the Niners are a good team. Early in the season, it was, are they great? They've fallen off that perch. I think they come back onto that perch this week, a little bit healthier. Debo back. The concussion is past Purdy now. I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game by double digits. I will take the 49ers minus the three in Jacksonville. That's not a big-time home field. I mean, it's not like you're like, oh, I'm going to Jacksonville. It's tough to win. Really? It's the Jaguars. I'm going to take the Niners minus the three in game two. Game number three, another game I love, a team you know I've been very, very, very high on this year. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions minus the three on Sunday in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Now, the number was better earlier this week, so if you're with me, maybe you hopped on it earlier this week. If you already have it, I think you're in a better spot. The three isn't my favorite number. I wish it was two and a half. It was two you know, earlier in this week, but it's been bet up for good reason. The Lions are better. You know, The Lions are a better football team, and they're coming off of extended rest. They get David Montgomery back. They get to put their offense really fully in place that they traded for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Moore maybe added Jamison Williams. Healthy Montgomery. Gibbs really emerged before the break against Baltimore and then what he did on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. I love where the Lions are going. I think they see what's in front of them and that is if they take care of business and that is just win the games they are favored to win the rest of the year, they're, they have a great chance to be the number one overall seed in the NFC. I mean, they do. I mean, just look at their schedule. They're only going to be dogs one more time, and that is in Dallas late in the season. If they win all but the Dallas game, they've got a real chance just considering look at the Eagles schedule and look what they have coming up. You know, they're 8-1 and one right now. The Lions are 6-2. and two. If the Lions go 14-3, and three, I think that they very well could be the home field advantage of the NFC. It starts here, though, being the charge on Sunday. I also love the rest advantage here. Rest advantage for the Lions. They played two weeks ago, Monday Night Football, so 13 days since they last played when they take the field. The Chargers played a road Monday night game last week. So it's a short week and a road game. So they came back late Monday. They're dragging Tuesday, trying to cut in for treatment. That rest day's not even really a rest day. Back in preparing Wednesday. Meanwhile, Lions had a week off. I'm in Ross St. Brown is feeling better. Montgomery's back. Totally different story. And Justin Herbert, his career in a nutshell is this. When his defense allows fewer than 27 points, he wins. When they do not, he loses. Here is the number. Okay? 27 or fewer. 23 and 5 straight up. That's Herbert. When his defense allows 27 or more. Excuse me, fewer than 27. It's 23 and 5. He wins. 27 or more, it's 6 and 24 straight up. That's the magic number. I believe the Lions will get to 27 points and would arrest and help the offense against a pretty poor defense with the charge on Sunday. Give me the Lions. I think they cover the number 27 23. They win in Los Angeles. Game number four this week, really kind of a, 
a sicko game. I mean, if you, if you like if you like football for a certain number and you like to watch two teams that li- really aren't going anywhere, but you just want to bet on the team that you think is going to be on the right side of it, I got one for you. It's the Tennessee Titans plus one and a half on the road in Tampa Bay. I really like t- uh, the Titans this week, plus the one and a half. So a couple things here. Number one, betting the dogs in low total games is Pretty profitable. NFL underdogs in games with totals below 42. This one fits that bill. 60% since 2018. And this year, 28-15-2. So it's a really good percentage this year. This game fits that bill. I get the better coach in Mike Vrabel rather than you know what they have on the other side in Todd Bowles. I get uh, Vrabel, who's really good. I mean, he's 500 as an underdog straight up. And that's pretty darn good. He's 29-20-1 against the spread as an underdog. And he covers at a ridiculous pace when the spread is plus three or higher. Now, this one is plus one and a half. Not quite there. In the la- So in the wild card era, you go back to the early 90s. So now let's look at the coaches that have had at least 20 games as an underdog. So not like a coach that coached for a year or two, but at least 20 games as an underdog. And you, know, you have to coach for a decent amount of time to reach that level. Only, the only ones that are 500 straight up or better as an underdog. Okay, that's it. There's only, this is the list. Mike Vrabel. Matt LaFleur, Mike Tomlin, Bill Cowher. That's it. Four coaches in the last 30 years that have been over 500 straight up. They win more than they lose. Or I guess 500 or better, and Tomlin will be there, uh, Vrabel will be there on Sunday. But 500 or better, when they're supposed to lose, are Vrabel, LaFleur, Tomlin, and Cowher. It's a very, very short list. I, I love Vrabel. And... Just to go off of the football on the field last couple weeks, you get the Titans off extended rest. They played Thursday night a couple weeks ago. Really like what I'm seeing out of the young quarterback, Will Levis. He's got some Matt Stafford to the way he throws the football. There's a toughness to him. I really think they may have found something there in the second round. And then you have a Bucks defense who got torched. I mean, torched last week in Houston against C.J. Stroud, another rookie quarterback. So it's not like, oh, Todd Bowles is going to really have something cooked up for a rookie quarterback. He didn't last week when C.J. Stroud threw over 470 and beat him last week in Houston. So we have a Bucks defense going the wrong way. We have Will Levis showing something, extra time to prepare for this one. He, we, the coaching staff the past week and a half, really, you know, it, it's kind of trial by fire. He, he came in there two weeks ago against the Falcons, played well, but that was kind of like out of nowhere. Then, okay, short week, short rest, little time to prep against Tomlin. Really tough spot. He made a mistake at the end, all that. But he he showed, he acquitted himself well. I'll give him that. And now he gets extra rest to face a defense escape 470. They must be licking their chops, him, him and DeAndre Hopkins. It could be a big day for Levis. I think Henry and Spears run on them. And I do like the Titans plus the one and a half on Sunday in Tampa Bay. All right, game number five. So, so far we have Patriots plus the one and a half, Niners minus the three, Lions minus the three, Titans Plus the one and a half. So two dogs, two favorites. My fifth game this week. And I can't believe we're still putting the Broncos on primetime. It really is a remarkable thing that we're doing this. But I believe that I have to bet on this game, just like I bet on the Thursday night game between the Panthers and the Bears just to get through it. I'm going to take the Bills minus the seven at home, Monday night football against the Denver Broncos. Buffalo really has to show up or go home because if they don't wake up, they're going to miss the playoffs. They they could anyway, but if they lose the game like this, they're going to miss the playoffs. It's time to wake up. When Josh Allen wins and covers, he usually does it by margin. He doesn't leave doubt. They're really good at home, 15-2 and two at home, their last 17 home games. I mean, they're really 25-5 and five at home in Buffalo, last 30 home games. They're really good there. 
And this Denver defense is is terrible. They've allowed a completion percentage of 73.6. It's the third highest through eight games in the Super Bowl era. The Broncos' defense can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. And a lot of the, the metrics say the, the Bills' offense is fine. It's not a Ken Dorsey problem compared to Brian Dable. It's actually been pretty efficient this year. Well, I, I view it as the Bills' defense has eroded because of injuries, because of defections. They're not what they were two years ago. Their window to win a Super Bowl, I believe, is closed. I don't take Buffalo as seriously as some people still do in the betting market. But this week, against a team that can't stop anyone, their offense will carry the day. This is, you know, Allen has these games two or three a year, and they really keep him in the MVP race where he goes off, where it's 300 yards passing, it's, it's 80 yards rushing, it's four touchdowns. This could be one of those games. It wouldn't shock me at all if Monday night it's 34 to 10, 34 to 17, three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I'm like, man, they pulled Allen out of the game, let him rest the rest of the way because what a night for Josh Allen. They put his numbers up on the screen. This is that game. This is the game Josh Allen typically does that against a hapless defense. And the Titans have been a very hapless defense. I, if I have a little pause, it's in this game, it's, it's that Denver has shown certainly more competence. Over the past three, four weeks, they did than they did earlier in the year. I mean, you could tell that the Peyton thing is is moving. I think closer to the right direction than the wrong direction. You know, they beat the Packers, they beat the Chiefs. Their defense has held the last two opponents to, you know, they they, they held the Packers to seventeen. They held the Chiefs to nine. They, they've only given up twenty six points the last two weeks. That's way better. But again, we're talking about Mahomes with the flu and a Chiefs office that hasn't been particularly great this year anyway, and then a, just a rough, rough, rough team with, uh, you know, the team they play, the, the Jordan Love Packers stink. I mean, that, that's not doing anything when you stop that team. But before that, they gave up 31 to the Jets, 28 to the Bears, 70 to the Dolphins, 35 to the Commanders. So I'm not ready to say yet they've totally turned a corner. It might just have been, hey, we got Jordan Love at home, and we got Mahomes when he was sick, and they took advantage of it. We'll find out. I mean, the next few weeks... A Buffalo team that's been struggling, a Vikings team that's playing jo- that has Josh Dobbs, a Browns team with a very mediocre Deshaun Watson, and then they play the Texans, the Chargers. Like the, the it'll be it'll be an uptick at the end, but we'll see if Denver can come to play in this one. I'm going to bet against them. I'll bet against Russell Wilson. I'll bet on a big Josh Allen game and the Bills to take care of business. So the five games this week, my Week Ten NFL picks. Game number one: Patriots plus the one and a half. In Germany over the Colts. Game number two, the 49ers. Minus three. Love the number on the road against the Jaguars. Game number three, I'll take the Lions to continue their winning ways and take care of business against a very, I just think, blah, overrated, fraud Charger team. Minus three in Los Angeles. By the way, Goff gets to go back to a stadium he did play in at one point as a home player with the Rams. Titans, plus the one and a half. The Will Levis show continues. And that, that uh, Bucks team's going the wrong direction. Plus one and a half over Tampa. And then game number five, the Bills minus seven. When they win, they tend to win by margin. Bills minus the seven over the Denver Broncos. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. Have a great week and enjoy the bye Sunday. We'll talk soon right here on WIP Daily.